Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. How's it, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Command Zone. I'm your host, Josh Lee Kwai. And I'm DJ. We're here today to talk about Ultimate Masters. Ooh. We have a preview card, first of all. The, it's, a, it's a rare that hasn't been spoiled yet. It's not one of the full art cards that a lot of you have seen out there uh, or the cards that got spoiled yesterday when you're watching this. It's pretty cool. If you don't know, Ultimate Masters is a set that's coming out on December 7th. It was kind of the surprise set that they dropped on us. It was really surprising. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the list of cards in the set is kind of crazy, as are some other things about it. We're going to talk about all of that. Plus, we're going to give some shout-outs and some thanks to uh, our fellow content creators at the end. But before we get into all that, we're going to talk about our sponsors, Ultimate Masters. It's coming out very, very soon. It's almost time for the holidays you want to get this set any others any singles any uh gifts for your friends and family go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone if you use that affiliate link when you order your magic product your singles all the gifts i was just talking about you really are supporting this show extra turns game nights all of our content we super appreciate it it really is a big big deal to us when you use that affiliate link and we hear from people all the time on twitter and in the comments about good experiences and how fast card kingdom ships so we would never recommend a service or or a product that we couldn't stand behind i use card kingdom all the time in fact i did use them today so to order some cards what'd you get josh not ultimate masters but i got a couple of singles i don't want to tell you yet but it's a deck oh, that i'm working on oh man okay okay <laughs> uh and while you're there or if you're at your lgs or anywhere else you can check out ultra pro products they're another sponsor of the show they make the awesome eclipse sleeves again i would not recommend a product i don't use i have every single deck every commander deck i own is in eclipse sleeves Ultra Pro just makes really, really good stuff. They've upped their game a lot recently. The Black Lotus uh, playmats, sleeves, deck boxes, wall scroll. We've been talking about that a lot lately. If you want to protect your cards so that, you know, they don't get ruined, because we're going to talk about some expensive cards here in a minute, Ultra Pro is the way to go. And the last way to support the show is directly if you go to patreon.com slash command zone. In fact, we call out one lucky patron every single episode. This And this is an extra special one. This episode is dedicated to... Finn Shepard Humphreys. So Finn just turned 10 years old uh, on October 21st. First of all, 
Happy birthday, buddy. Happy birthday. And he actually asked as a birthday present to become a patron of the Command Zone and Game Nights. Finn, let me just say heartily that you definitely rock. Thanks, Finn. And uh, big shout outs to your mom, Jessica, who also rocks. She let us know about Finn's birthday. Finn, thanks for tuning in each and every week. And uh, hopefully we find you at a GP or something someday and we get to we get to battle. We get to tell me what your favorite uh, commander deck is if, if, if you uh, respond in the comments or whatever. Okay. Ultimate Masters. We should just start with our preview card, right? We totally should. Yeah, yeah. because that's what a lot of you are here to see. <laughs> um, it's a pretty cool one. I like it. Do you want to, I'll let you do the honors. I, ooh, very nice. Okay. This preview card is an enchantment called Pattern of Rebirth. This is a legit card. It's a legit card. <laughs> so it's, it's a reprint like the whole set is. And so some of you might've been like, ooh, immediately as I read the title, but let's go through the card a little bit closely. Oh, and something else we should mention here, especially for those people uh, listening to the audio and not watching it on YouTube, this card has new art. It's by Therese Nielsen and it looks really sweet. Okay, Pattern of Rebirth is three and a green for an enchantment aura. When enchanted creature dies, that creature's controller may search their library for a creature card, put that card onto the battlefield, then shuffle their library. What do we always say is the most broken thing you can do in magic always? Cheat mana cost. If you staple that to something that also tutors. Oh my gosh. You, there's always combo potential with stuff like this. And this is a very powerful combo card. Yes. Uh, competitive magic and very high-level magic will play a Boonweaver combo, which revolves around this card, Pattern of Rebirth. Yeah, so Boonweaver Giant is six and a white for, I don't even know. Four, four. A four, four. And when it enters the battlefield, you can search your hand, graveyard, or library for an aura card and attach it to the Boonweaver Giant. So there's another card that tutors and cheats mana cost, right? Yeah. So what you do is you play Boon Weaver Giant. Actually, the way I've normally seen this happen is a lot of times they uh, cheat Boon Weaver out with like an animate dead or something, get it out early. Yeah, they're not waiting until they're turn not casting it for seven mana. Seven mana. Yeah. No, that's not that's not happening. Yeah. So the combo is kind of crazy. Um, I hope I don't mess it up. You Boon Weaver Giant. That allows you to go find Pattern of Rebirth basically wherever it is, unless it's been exiled somehow, which it hasn't because you won't have cast it yet. So what you do is Boonweaver comes out. It has Pattern of Rebirth on it. Remember, when the creature that Pattern of Rebirth is on goes to the graveyard, you get to cheat another creature directly into play from your library. So you sacrifice the Boonweaver to your sack outlet. Pattern of Rebirth triggers. You go get Karmic Guide. So now the Boonweaver Giant and the Pattern of Rebirth are in the graveyard. Karmic Guide comes out, brings the Boonweaver Giant back, because Karmic Guide is a card that reanimates something directly into play from your graveyard. The Boon Weaver hits the battlefield and says, oh, I could search my graveyard hand or library for an aura card. I choose graveyard. Yeah. Well, there's a pattern <laughs> of rebirth in there. Pattern of rebirth goes on to the Boon Weaver Giant. Now you sack the Boon Weaver Giant again to your sack outlet. And this time, okay, this is where I could mess it up. So, this time you get Fiend Hunter, right? Mm -hmm. So now you have a Boon Weaver Giant and a pattern of rebirth in your graveyard. Your Fiend Hunter has targeted your own Karmic Guide. Now you sack the Fiend Hunter, the Karmic Guide comes back into play, gets the Boonweaver Giant, gets the Pattern Rebirth. You sack that, you go get Revelark, and in response to Revelark entering the battlefield, you sack your Karmic Guide. So now Boonweaver Giant, Pattern Rebirth, 
Fiend Hunter and Karmic Guide are all in the graveyard. Revelark enters and says you can reanimate two creatures with power two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. You get Fiend Hunter and a Karmic Guide back out. When Karmic Guide hits, it brings back the Boon Weaver. Then the Fiend Hunter goes boom, exiles it, and now you're in a loop because you can sack the Fiend Hunter, bring the Karmic Guide back, which can bring back the Revelark, which you've already sacked, which can now basically the way this combo ends up is you're <laughs> netting one creature. From your graveyard directly into play. From your whole library into play. Yeah, and from that point you go like everything. You can you Sun can also loop you can loop acidic slime to blow up every land. Yep. Uh, Sun Titan also combos with the Fiend Hunter, so or you can non, do a loop right uh, there creature as well. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, Safiric's daughter is another card another that crazy allows combo you to. Piece. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of times you need someone to visually show you this rather than us explaining it to you over audio. Well, if you're watching and on YouTube. We're going to make Murph like animate this on YouTube. No, no, he's just showing the cards. Oh, he's just all. showing the cards. Okay. <laughs> uh, to, and to stress how complicated this is with so many different moving triggers, Revelark is even a leaves the battlefield effect. Yes. Yeah. So, so you do have some room oh, that's in there right. to be when able to leave have, when, But you have your free sack outlet. Yeah, so you, you still have a free uh, sack yeah. outlet. But like some of them are enters the battlefield. Some of them are leaves the battlefield. Uh, Safi, you have to make sure you know when you're sacrificing it. Did you was, play this combo ever? No, I don't. But this was very popular for a while in Carador decks. Oh, and so, And so I've definitely seen it a number of... I've died to it, I don't know, half a dozen times maybe at GPs. And then back in the day, I think Craig or somebody in our playgroup had this combo in a deck. And that was maybe the first time I saw it. And it was explained to me. And it, and it makes sense once you see it. Uh, uh, Alex Kessler did a similar type of loop in one of the Game Nights videos. He was mm -hmm. using Karmic Guide and Revelark. Basically, Revelark and Karmic Guide are notorious for for going infinite in this way. And Boon Weaver Giant and Pattern Rebirth are just a way to reliably get that combo going. Oh, the, yeah. Yeah, they're the starter, but they're not actually the key combo piece. The, the Karmic Guide and the Revelark are. And you can do that with, like, I think Alex was doing it with Murderous Red Cap uh, yeah, and looping it that too. way. Yeah, exactly, to just machine gun everybody down. So Pattern of Rebirth. But you, we were talking before the show, and it has this... This reputation in our format, and immediately when we got our preview card as Pattern Rebirth, I was like, "Oh, Boon Weaver combo." Yeah, we right? were like, "We're like, ooh, spiky card." But does it have to be? Yeah, that's the question, and I thought this was really interesting because in my mind, it's like, "Yep, it's just if you're not doing that combo, why do you have it?" But then I'm like, "But I'll play Natural Order and not combo. I'll just go get Crater Hoof or something with it." And Pattern Rebirth is basically Natural Order, maybe slightly better because you can go get non-green creatures. Here's a question, Josh: uh, When Protean Hulk was unbanned. Do oh you God, see, it's good do, with Protean Hulk too. Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> okay. But, but wow. I feel like it's the same thing where it had this reputation for being so combo-y, so spiky. Uh, do you ever see value Protean Hulks? Have those entered into the... Yeah, yeah actually. I think I have too. Yeah. I mean, I have seen a lot of combo-y Protean Hulks too, but... Yes, I've definitely seen some Protean Hulks where you're like, are we dead? And they're like, nah, I'm just getting this. So can our audience just put Pattern of Rebirth into any old deck and just try to cheat a big fatty out? Or is this going to give them sort of negative uh, win percentages uh, when people Similar are scared? Yeah, there were people are scared of this. I think it depends on your playgroup. If you have a very veteran experienced playgroup, then no, you can't. They will just assume you have some kind of combo with it because it's notorious for that. If your playgroup doesn't play a lot of combo and whatnot, you, it's possible you could get away with playing Pattern of Rebirth just for value as just a good aura that you can use as a sort of a tutor and whatever, and you know maybe you can recur for value. But if you're playing with like people that have played a lot, they're gonna know it's it's just one of those combos that re like we immediately went Boonweaver when yeah. we saw it. Like that's just immediately what comes to mind. Um, and so 
yeah, I think it just depends on your meta, depends on your playgroup. But if you pull it out in the wild and you're at the G a GP or a store or something and you play Pattern of Rebirth. I'm immediately like, every like everyone pay attention, look. Like everyone look. If everyone, we don't die right now, we're a, some we're going to next turn then, right? I'm like, all right, everyone, <laughs> look at your hands. Counter spells, removal, let's go. We're as a team. Yeah, you got to exile We're going to answer this right now. Especially if they have a sacrifice outlet out, in which case a lot of times it's too late. You just have to counter the thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a very, very powerful card. Like like we always, always say, cheating of mana costs, that's how you break magic. Staple it to a tutor, and now we're really talking. <laughs> but it is a cool card. Um, I so think I'm going to try it. I think it might be fun. What about we have a, a brand new Enchantress Commander? Even as you say it, my brain goes, if I ever see it. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> I can't try with John. But I, like, we, have, we have the banned enchantment sort of commanders. Yeah, we have a lot of enchantment stuff. And it could be a really cool way to sort of uh, get the recursion engine going. And it can definitely be a really solid value creature. It can be great if you're just recurring it, putting on another creature. You go get an enchantress, and then you go get another enchantress. Yeah, and the problem is that that's also in white. Yeah. And, like, you can't trust that. No, because Boon River and Karmic Guide and all that stuff can be in there. What about in a mono green deck? Oh, that's interesting, because then it would be harder It's to, really hard to combo to with abuse. it. There's probably still... There probably is, by the way, because it gets any creature. Do you yeah. know how many creatures combo together in Magic? Even if you just go get it that betrays, it's pretty bad, right? Like, because you could do it super early. It's a four drop. So yeah. if you just had high market out, you just have a secure tribelder, and then you just oh, there you go. You play yeah, it on and it, and you, you wait till the end on step. It. And everyone's like, and you're like, no, it's just for value. It's fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> end step before my turn. I'm gonna go get Blightsteel Colossus. Kill you. Untap. Kill you. Uh, so it's just a scary card in general. I don't know. If All you right, can... everyone, you guys got to test it. Find out. <laughs> we know it's good. Find out if you get, you know, hated on by your, find player. out if you can yeah. make it bad enough that people will allow you to get to like play it without like immediately trying to kill you. Is that what we're let's, trying to let's, do? Yeah. Let's see if this ends friendships. Okay. <laughs> I like it. All right. So that's our preview card pattern of rebirth. It is again in ultimate masters, which is the new masters set. There's a lot of stuff in ultimate masters. There is a lot of stuff in ultimate masters. It's kind of nuts. Um, there's a whole bunch of controversy surrounding this set. We are going to get into a discussion a little bit about that, but first let's lay out um, the facts here, what the set is, that kind of stuff. And then we'll get into the more, the punditry, as I like to call it. Mm -hmm. So Ultimate Masters, they've said this is going to be the last Masters set for a while. So that's like the Modern Masters. There was, what, four different Modern Masters, three different Modern Masters. There's Iconic Masters, Eternal Masters, Masters 25. It started to, it was like super high at the first Modern Masters. Everybody loved it. Modern Masters 2 was cool. Eternal Masters was cool. Masters 2015, it started to, to dip. Honest, and by the end, M25 and Iconic Masters, people were pretty, like, oversaturated. I mean, they, they And were also, not... like, I forgot. I can't distinguish them. If you say which, like, Master set has blank in it, I'm, like, just one of them. I don't know. Iconic, Eternal. Like, I don't even know anymore. Definitely those last two. I'm like, uh... M25? One had Mana Drain. What did M25 have in it? I don't even remember. Twenty Was that Jace had, was on 25? <laughs> See, here we go. And I think Eternal Masters had that was Force, Force of, of Will. Yeah. And, but Ma by the and way, Mana Crypt. Okay. So, but see, like, we have to cobble this together. And in many other sets, the sets are so iconic. They're so set up that we know what cards they're from. And that just means that in our consciousness, Masters gets lumped together into this just, I don't know, this product. It doesn't have a real identity. You When I mentioned Conspiracy, 
you know what I'm talking about. When right. I mentioned Battle well, there Bonds, was only two, and there was only one other one. Yeah. Well, well okay. I think that's part you're of the right, problem. You're right. You're right. Yeah. They they put out so many so fast, and it started to just become oversaturated to the point where people stopped caring. The, the excitement can't be there. You basically the excitement can't be turned up to eleven all the time. So they've decided for whatever reason that this is going to be the last master set quote for a while. So we don't know what that means. Couple years, one year, five years. We have no idea. But it makes sense because if they decided this is going to be the last master set for a while, what we probably have to do is make sure that we reprint everything because, you know, who knows what our opportunity to reprint everything is going to be for a little while if we're not going to do master sets. And they followed through on that idea if that was what it was because let's run down some of the cards that are getting reprinted that we know of in Ultimate Masters. And I want to say, uh, full disclosure, we're recording this before any of the preview season has started. So on the 19th and 20th, this is coming out on the 20th of November, the rest of the set gets spoiled. At this time, we kind of only know the box toppers uh, cards. But ju that, that alone is probably enough to tell us. But these are the most impactful yeah. cards in the set, uh, apparently. You yeah. know, when... Okay, we can go through. Okay, so Ancient Tomb. That's a $60 card. It's in the set. Cavern of Souls, $70 card. Celestial Colonnade, $55 card. Dark Depths, $60 card. Demonic Tutor, $50. Bucks. Engineered Explosives, $80. Bucks. Gaddock Teague, $45. Bucks. Karn Liberated, $80. Liliana of the Veil, $85. Mana Vault, $50. Noble Hierarch, $75. Snapcaster Mage, $70. Tarmogoyf, $90. Temporal Manipulation, $85. Through the Breach, $50. I'm going to stop there, but there are cards we're not talking about. You're not talking about Stirring Wildwood, 40 cents. There's a couple. Yeah. There's a couple clunkers, but has, oh, you're right. you're has right. there ever been a set that no. included what I just called out. Beta. <laughs> but even at the time, no. <laughs> no, at the time, no, not at and all. And we should say, this is the price at the time the set has not been released. The card prices are going to go down because of the reprints. Uh, but there, but I'm also not, like Emrakul, original Emrakul is in there. That's an expensive card. It's banned in Commander, obviously. But there's a number of cards I did not mention that are still worth quite a bit of money. Oh, yeah. Basically, you could look at it this way. Every major card in Modern is being reprinted besides Vendillion Click, Bob, and presumably the Fetchlands. Yeah. Uh, people were saying of the top 10 most expensive Modern cards, seven of them are being reprinted in this set. And a bunch of them are the Fetchlands, which, you know, they feel will be reprinted at one point in time, but maybe don't need to be included in this set. And they were reprinted in MM17, 2017. So, I mean, the prices are still high, but they did reprint them a little bit recently. This is crazy from the perspective of reprints. And then it gets a little crazier because, well, first of all, just like previous master sets, every pack is going to have a guaranteed foil. We've come to expect this. This is not, this is not weird. Um, I don't want to throw this because what if hey, we you want to reference the, the top cards? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but then there's a new thing that they're doing. It's a special thing. It's called a box topper. This is like a special booster pack that has one card in it. It's a cool prize that you get for buying a box. It's kind of like the buy a box promo. I mean, 
And, and this is a really cool idea. I like that they did this in this way, and I hope they actually use this for future sets, because I don't know about you, but there's definitely been times where I've gone and bought a booster box, and they were out of the promo, or quote-unquote out of it, and I didn't get the promo, which kind of sucks. If it's sealed inside the box, you're going to get it. I totally agree. I, I hope they use this moving forward. But for this Ultimate Master set, it's not just... It's not Nexus of Fate, which is a, a cool card, don't get me wrong. This is kind of crazy. In Inside of these... There's 40 different cards that you could maybe get inside the box topper pack. They're all, I want to call them full art, but they're like no border art. They're extended art. Yeah, the art sort of extends out to the sides. If you're watching YouTube, you'll see some of them. Uh, so you have the normal art that normally exists within a pretty, you know, constrained frame. And then they've kind of made them foil and they've blown out the frame a little bit. And in many cases, zoomed in a little bit on the art. They're like borderless. There's no border around the card. They're mm -hmm. kind of like the Mythic Edition Planeswalkers, they right? They look cool. They look like altars, kind of. I mean, like really well done altars. You're an altars guy. I am an altars guy. Yeah, they look so, cool. So there's 40 cards, and they, the cards we just mentioned are all among them. So you could get a extended art Liliana of the Veil out of one of these things, which is going to be worth like three or four hundred dollars probably which right? actually that one because the planeswalker art is bigger and it's black doesn't look as good but man that tarmogoyf tarmogoyf has tarmogoyf new art amazing it's like zoomed out you see this like ridiculous tarmogoyf. <laughs> it's so it's so cool there's some good stuff in this set so man. the box topper is and i've got one right here actually um which i have not opened this was for when i tried to order mythic edition and i did not it went badly, <laughs> so they said this as an apology, I guess. Um, but there's a single card in here. There's one card in it, yeah, yeah, and it's one of those. So, so, so we said earlier there's a bunch of controversy surrounding this set. Up till this moment, though, you would be asking why, because this seems awesome, right? I think it's awesome right now. Yeah, tons of reprints, super expensive cards. The EV is going to be through the roof. You could have a chance at like. Basically a masterpiece in every box. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously you said there are some clunkers. There's Stirring Wildwood, uh, Balefire Dragon. Uh, what's the red-black dual land? Lava Claw. Lava Claw Reaches. Yes. I think those are the bottom. Uh, maybe Kitchen Finks, like a little bit above that. But still, that's very playable. There are two uncommons that were reprinted in, in this cool thing, which is Kitchen Finks and Eternal Witness. And Eternal Witness has new art and looks. Extended art of Eternal Witness is going to still be worth 50 bucks Amazing. or so probably. Oh, yeah. yeah like oh, easy. yeah. So here's the thing, though. Here's the reason why people didn't react in the way that you would expect based on the information we've given. Because the additional information is that the MSRP, the manufacturer's suggested retail price of a booster box of Ultimate Masters is $335.76. For 24 packs. Correct. And a box stopper. The MSRP of the old ones were like two forty, right? Yeah, ten bucks a pack. Yeah. If you do the math here, and it's not, it's not technically correct, but we'll get into that in a minute. It breaks down to thirteen ninety nine a pack, fourteen bucks per pack for a booster box. And it used to be ten. Forty percent increase in the price of a booster box. <sighs> That's yeah, a lot. That immediately was like a gut punch to everybody who was so excited about everything, and all of a sudden the product is just like. So much more expensive. Josh, look at this awesome thing. And you immediately are like, oh my gosh, I like this. I love yeah. it. I can have this. Just kidding. You don't get it. Yeah, you can't have it. Uh, so totally understandably, a lot of negativity, a lot of people upset out there. So I want to break this down a little bit because there's been some 
some misinformation out there, I'm going to call it. I don't think on purpose, but I think people are sort of quoting this wrong. And here's the thing. There's also blister packs available. So the booster box of Ultimate Masters, you're only going to be able to find at an LGS, uh, uh, somebody that's in the Wizards Play Network, the WPN. You're not going to be able to go and buy a booster box of Ultimate Masters at Target or Walmart. And so that $335.76 price is at there's the MSRP at your LGS. But at Walmart and Target, they are going to sell what they're calling blister packs. And they did this for Iconic Masters, I think, which is three packs of Ultimate Masters separately packaged beyond the shelf in Walmart and Target. And that's going to go for $34.99. So the three packs for $34.99, if you break down the cost there, that's actually $11.67-ish per pack if you buy it at Walmart. Which tells us something, I think. It tells us that the $13.99 per pack that you, if you just do the MSRP of the booster box divided by 24, it's it's 14 bucks. That actually isn't taking into account the box topper. So the box topper is actually being valued at a certain amount, um, which is somewhere around 60 bucks. Yeah. And so that is actually what you're getting for that additional money. Because if you only wanted the booster packs, you might as well just go to Walmart or Target and buy them for the the 11.67 price. So I think a lot of people felt kind of tricked in that way where it's like, oh, you get this extra box topper instead of something along the lines of, well, actually you're paying this much money and the box topper is also in there. You kind of like, it's take it or leave it. You can't get the box without it. Yeah. This is like, this is something you're actually paying for rather than a cool surprise like other things like the buy a box card. Right. That's a cool extra surprise. Yeah. When you you get a Nexus of Fate, when you buy a booster box, they don't charge you extra for it or they're not supposed to. And so that's, that created a false equivalency in a lot of people's minds. And it's like, oh wait, no, now I'm actually paying for this box stopper where a second ago it felt free. Yeah, I do want to say that from what I've seen uh, online at like MTG Goldfish and uh, various finance people, they, they're guesstimating. And again, everyone's guessing because this hasn't come out yet. So nobody knows how many how much of it's going to be. But they're guesstimating that the box topper's expected value is probably going to be somewhere around 80 to 100 bucks. You could get one of those bad cards, you but you could also get the Tarmogoyf. And so that's going to even out on the side of like around a um, $80 to $100 prob- Which, probably. By the way, makes it worth it. Yeah. But we're trying to explain a lot of those bad feelings. Yeah. yeah. So those bad feelings are that first gut punch when they say, guess what? You can't afford it. And also when you feel like you're getting a free gift that goes with it, amazing box topper, but then you find out later that you're actually paying for it. Yeah. It's a lot of money. $350 is a lot. Now, another thing we should say is that you can already find it online for way cheaper than the MSRP. In fact, I believe at this moment, and, and this could change because prices fluctuate. It's it's capitalism. It's an open market. Everyone's following everybody else, but they can go up and down. Uh, but I think it came out in certain places at a certain price. I think Card Kingdom has it for like 290 on pre-order right now, which is $65 or so below the MSRP and a lot of places are following suit. So you're not actually going to pay or so not $65, I, yeah. uh, $55 um, or $45. Yeah. Sorry. Cheaper math, math, math. Okay. But, but, that's, just, but that's just showing you're, you're not actually going to pay $335 per box. Uh, mostly, right? You, you can order it online for quite a bit cheaper than that. And probably at your LGS, 
you're going to be able to find it. They have to at least in some way compete with the online market a little bit, right? Yeah, it's true. It's different everywhere. We live in Los Angeles, so our prices tend to be very, very low because there's so much competition. We can go anywhere and the game stores know that. So they kind of have to make sure they're pricing their stuff appropriately. Um, I can, I know of like seven game stores within like 20 minutes. Yeah. And that means that none of them can really set a high price because you'll just drive down the street and get it for cheaper and somebody will sell it to you for cheaper. You but might only have one. In which case they maybe can sell for more. And of course you still have the the postal service and the internet probably though so they can't only they can only go so high but anyway i mean what do you think about the price dj do you like i totally understand why everyone's upset because it it, it was a total like sh i was like wait what even yeah. you know so i get the upset too but it's actually been a little while like we have a little bit of a rotation and so people have kind of been upset and now i think a lot of people are calming down and I think that we can approach this a little bit more methodically. The price is a lot and it prevents me from interacting with these cards in a lot of the ways that I normally do. And so, yeah, I, I can't play with this set like I would normally, but I mean, if the value's there, I mean, this is not the same thing as a lot of other, a lot of other products. You buy a product to play with it, you know, whatever. If you buy this product, there is intrinsic value in it. You can trade what you get for money. Yeah, we're making some assumptions here because, again, we have not seen the entire set. But it seems like the EV, the expected value of a given box, is going to be very high. You read that list. Yeah, the list is crazy. That's not all the rares, though. Uh, that is, I believe, all the mythics. It's One and a half mythics per box? It's about one every nine packs. Is that correct? Oh, so two? Yeah. There's something I want to say about the Mythics here, too. Um, there's 20 Mythics in this set. Usually there's 15 Mythics in a set. Mm. That's not actually good. Uh, it's not good. Because what means is that a lot of the Mythics on the list are stuff we want reprinted because it's going to bring down the price. Like Tarmogoyf, that's not a good, actually, uh, example because we've seen it reprinted a million times and it seems to shrug them off. But Karn. Karn, Liliana, Snapcaster Mage. If those get reprinted, there's more of them in the world, which means that the price of all of them should go down. That's kind of how capitalistic economies work. So we would actually want a lot of them to be reprinted. But if there's more mythics in the set, that means any given mythic is actually going to show up less than it normally would. And so it's not going to push down the price as much as normal. It's still going to push down the prices. Any reprints are always going to push down prices in some way. Again, just supply and demand. If you increase the supply, unless somehow the set also increases demand, the prices are going to come down at least in the short term. That's the good There's news. more cards in the wild. That yeah. actually sounds like really good news. And for a lot of people, that will open up opportunities for them to play modern and for them to play the kinds of cards they want in Commander. That seems like a net positive to all of us, even if we can't engage in this product the way we might like to. A lot of times, we, I, you know, I like to drop $90 on a on a box and crack it open and play with my friends and have a draft and have a draft yeah and that's that's fun I don't <laughs> the draft is $50 it's hard to do it I don't think so yeah I don't maybe once maybe and that's and that's not actually how I like to draft do you want to do something one time I kind of want to like play with cards figure out how it works and then like the third or fourth draft I start really getting into the synergies and start really playing it really well that suddenly that's impossible the $50 draft 
that you're going to do once feels a lot more like going down to 7-Eleven and buying scratch-off tickets and scratching them with your friends and just seeing who won. Who, like, oh, I won 50 bucks. Like, that's that feels more like it. The, and that can be fun. Yeah, Some yeah. people are going to like that. That's an entire product that has no game involved that <laughs> yeah. sells very, very well. But does, isn't that what this feels like? Because you can't really you can't really draft with it. So what is this product? I mean, we d- other than a lottery ticket that Wizards put together. Yeah. I mean, we don't know the whole set. So maybe there are draft archetype, archetypes and maybe it is going to be cool. I remember the original Modern Masters was so limited in its print run that it was very, very expensive to draft. Mm-hmm. And it was a sweet draft environment. It was very sweet. And yeah. I got to draft it like three times and it was awesome. And this could be like that. We don't know, but you're right. The price keeps it. You're like, you're just not going to be able to do it very much. And also, we don't know what the print run is going to look like. How available the product is going to be. You know, poking around the internet, doing some research for this episode uh, to be able to talk about it. I found an article by James Chilcott, who is a guy that is one of the hosts of the Fast Finance podcast. He's an MTG finance guy, a very smart guy. I've met James, well spoken, articulate, and does know a lot about sort of the the print runs of sets and things. He's done a lot of research. He contacts people in the distributors and whatnot. And we'll link his article in the show notes. But he predicted that the print run of Ultimate Masters was going to be similar to the print run of MM2, so MM2015. Which, which it feels like they got that a little bit better. The first Modern Masters, you couldn't get it. Prices went from 250 to, wait, what would it, it was start se- off? It was seven bucks a pack. Yeah, so it was... But then it was like over $12. I, I was seeing it at like 14 bucks a pack. Yeah, it went up a lot. Just, it was very hard to get. They printed very little of it. And so that just made the market adjust for that. And they said, okay, well, since nobody can find it, we're going to charge twice as much for ours. That's just capitalism. I mean, I don't, I'm don't. i not blaming anybody. I know people get really mad when LGSs do that. That's just the way the system incentivizes businesses to operate. Uh, I mean, like it, or, like it or not, that's yeah. kind of the way that it goes. But it's incumbent upon Wizards to print enough products that that doesn't happen. And also to not put the EV so high in the set that that happens. That everyone hoards boxes or cracks it for themselves to resell the reprint because they can just make money instead of selling it at a normal reasonable price. We always get kickback from people in the comments about stuff like this, but the economics of how it works is if the gap between the price of the thing and the EV of the thing is too large, then it incentivizes people to I don't like the word price gouge because you can't price gouge with a luxury item. That's not a thing. You can price gouge with water because that's a necessity that people (laughs) need, but people don't need magic cards. So it's not exactly price gouging. It's just responding to the market. Josh, I need my magic cards. (laughs) But they they can, it's like scalping uh, tickets for a concert. Yeah. They can basically hold on to it because they are like, there's not much of this and I'll just wait and sell it for X amount or I'll just try and sell it for X amount now because what's your other option, consumer? You buy it for my price or you don't get it. And so Wizards has to sort of play this weird game where they keep the EV gap uh, versus the MSRP kind of close so that people don't do that. It's a it's a just, whole it's You have to be thing. just enough to get you excited, but not so much that you can't get the product. And a lot of people are going to say, well, why don't they just print the crap out of it? They did that. It, one, <laughs> they did that and people got real bored with the product. But those were kind of boring. There wasn't like a lot. They're, they're Eternal putting, Masters was pretty printed out. It, so was M25, Eternal Masters, right? I think, was on the good side of all this. Iconic Masters and M25 Oh, Iconic the Masters. Size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. They Iconic didn't have Masters. a list of cards like this in it, though. The reason they don't want to just print it into the ground is because they will be severely screwing the prices for 
LGSs and places they need to stay in business, right? Like if you depress the prices so hard on all these cards, the inventory at a place like Card Kingdom, Channel Fireball, Star City Games, not to mention your LGS, if all of a sudden you just go to them and you go, you know that stuff you've got that's worth X amount of dollars? It's actually worth 30% of what it was overnight because if we did this thing, that's not really good for Magic as a business either. They have to say, we're going to do this, but we're going to do it in a responsible manner so nobody's going to freak out and we don't just suddenly cut in half the, the cost of the inventory of a lot of our businesses that support us. And so they have to play this weird game, right? Guessing game, a lot of it. They're, I'm sure they've got people over there who sort of, you know, have graphs and charts that are saying like, well, if we hit this yeah. amount and that amount, and we they've probably got economists that they're like dealing with or at least consulting. Yeah, we want all the prices to go down. And actually a lot of businesses, a lot of card traders, they really want the prices to go down too. So that there's movement. They, they want really, it to go. They really want movement yeah. of these cards. They want people buying and selling and stuff like that. So they want movement. They want the prices to go down, but they don't want every one of these cards to be $5. No one does. You don't either. Yeah. You don't want your collection all of a sudden, all, every card in your collection to be worth a quarter, right? Like you want to spend a bunch of money, open up a card, be sweet. And then a month later, because it's been printed into the ground, you've seen the price of your card drop down to nothing. That. That then it's not the format. sweet it's to not open good. any card ever because yeah. they're... Yeah, exactly. This is a total other discussion and we're still going to get yelled at because we always do when we talk like this. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I do want... I mean, I, I, like I've like i got only a couple Snapcaster mages because they're really expensive. I'm like, sweet. Maybe I can get another one here. And I know I said earlier or a couple of weeks ago that like I own most cards of Magic. That's just a product of being around for a while. I don't own like Power 9 and everything. And I don't have unlimited amounts. Like... I can't put a force of will in every one of my decks, right? I need Cavern of Souls. Yeah. Like I, I have actually one. need I actually need them for my decks. Yeah. I have two. So here's the outcome. And and our next um or our last point, let's say, is or question, I guess, is ultimately see what I did there? Ooh. Will this set be good or bad for most players? And I think if you just take a step back and you take a deep breath. It's hard to say that it'll be bad. It's going to be good for most players. Even if you never, ever buy a box, crack a pack of this set, that doesn't matter. Somebody's going to. And when they do, they're putting another Snapcaster Mage into the world or a Mana Vault or a Liliana or a Gaddock Teague. And that's going to push down the price, at least momentarily, of all the other Snapcasters, Gaddock Teagues, Lilianas in the world. Because so many of them are going to be coming into the system that the supply is going to go up. And that's the moment where you're going to have an opportunity that you don't have right now to buy some of this stuff at a cheaper price. You don't have to. You just have an opportunity. You could. So how can that be a bad thing? Do you know what I'm excited for are the classic uncommons yeah. that are always in this? Because we look at these mythics and they might dip a little bit and you're like, great, you know, that Karn that was 80 is now 60 whoop de doo you know and then it goes back up to 80 but when eternal witness gets reprinted like crazy at the uncommon slot and suddenly you can pick them up for two dollars or three dollars or these unknown uncommons that are just great playables and commander are just flooded into the market and suddenly a three dollar card becomes a one dollar card or a dollar card becomes like 25 cents or 10 cents it opens up so many more avenues for building on a budget yeah, Eternal Witness is a great one because we've seen it happen because it's been reprinted before where it'll get depressed for a certain amount of time, but it's going to climb back up because people are building new EDH decks every day. And so keep your eye out because when Eternal Witness drops to 250, grab one or two. Yeah. 
and now you're good. And when it goes up and it's $7 again in the blink of an eye, like what happened this last time, you're like, well, I got mine at $250. i am cool. And that means Ultimate uh, Ultimate Masters was ultimately a good thing for you because it gave you an opportunity that if the set never existed, wouldn't have happened. So I, I am excited for that. Um, but yeah, normally when these sets come out, I'm excited to draft them. Yeah. And I just don't think I'm going to be able and to I'm not really. Exci- yeah, I'm not excited about drafting it either. I just, I just feel like I can't spend that much on a luxury item and I'm not a gambler. So I don't want to do that whole thing where it's like, Ooh, I'm going to get a box or I'm going to get a pack and see if I get lucky. Like I don't actually like that. I'm actually scared to even open my box topper because what if I get one of the bat, what if I get Balefire dragon or something? I don't know what I'm going to do with this. Maybe I'll give it away to somebody out there. By the way, we tried and we couldn't see through it. Oh yeah. Okay. So that's something else that we should talk about. There's a video out there on YouTube. I forget who posted it. Um, it was it was sent to me on Twitter. I think you probably got the same message, which supposedly somebody with a high-powered flashlight in a dark room was able to use that with the booster pack to see what the card was inside of it. Now, if this is true, this means, and this is a PSA to everybody out there, don't buy any box toppers you see on the ultimate on, on the ultimate on the uh open market. Now these things say sealed product not for resale on them. Guaranteed people will be selling them. In fact, we saw them on eBay, you know, just even a couple weeks ago. The set's not even out yet. But if it's true that you can see the card inside, then there's no way to know whether they've just made sure there's no Tarmogoyfers or only crappy cards in here and are selling you that. Full disclosure, we had a high-powered flashlight here at the Command Zone offices, and we couldn't help ourselves. (laughs) And I tried... DJ tried. Ashlyn Rose was here. She tried. None of us could see. <laughs> I could see like some barely like a little bit of reflection off the edge. Like I tried for a long time and I, I couldn't make it work. Maybe our setup wasn't good. DJ's Maybe in we the weren't closet, doing it right. And I'm like, are you okay in there? He's like, I can't see anything. <laughs> I tried for a really long time. I really wanted to see it. I tried for less long, but I determined after a while that like, well, I couldn't see it. So I don't know. I'm we're not, not saying we're not saying it's impossible yeah. because I could kind of see how it might work. Maybe. Do you know what I mean? Because I saw the edge of the card. Well, I could definitely see the card, but I couldn't make out anything on the card. Yeah, I couldn't either. So, but I don't know. Somebody evidently did. I mean, on the video, they call it out. I think it's temporal manipulation, and then they open it up, and it is. But I have no idea who that person is or how they came about that. So, anyway, but that's something. I think just the even the question or the possibility that you could see through them means that you just can't risk buying these things on the open market. I don't think you can risk yeah. buying it. Yeah, like I... Here's the thing. I tried desperately to look inside and I couldn't and still I wouldn't buy a sealed pack online. So yeah, it just shook my confidence. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. That is a good thing to mention. All right. Ultimate masters. There you go. There's the, uh, there's all the, we decided, we decided that it it. was good, but we feel sad that we can't do what we love mostly, which is really play with the set. There's this thing that wizards has been saying this phrase that they, um, I think they used it with mythic edition also, but they used it with this one for sure, which is, this is not for everyone. Um, Ugh. which they said on the Twitch stream when they announced it and they seem, this is like their go-to phrase that's supposed to make people feel better, but that's just not how all this works, right? Like p- magic players are magic players. And a lot of magic players want to be a part of everything magic is doing in some way. A lot of people buy like one booster box of every set, you know, they try and update some of the new cards in all their sets and, and to just have products come out that just like, they can't be a part of makes people feel like, well, I'm maybe I'm just not part of this whole thing then. And I don't like that precedent. And I, I, I totally understand the people that feel that way. And I, I, 
It yeah, we sucks hit all a few that negatives, you do. right? Like we went through and we're like negative, negative, negative. Yeah. I just don't like I them saying it. it's not for everyone. Say this is a luxury item. Just don't say it's not for certain people. Like, yeah, it, and I'm fine with cool. I'm fine with there being luxury items like video games, for example. Like I'm totally fine with you having your super duper expensive collector's edition shiny thing with like a weird statue that you put on your gaming desk. Like that's fine. Just let me buy the basic game. That's actually a really good comparison for this. That's uh, that's really good. I would encourage you to look at this set if you're mad about it that way, right? This is the huge collector's edition box for Fallout 76 or whatever. And I'm like, eh, I don't care. I'm just going to get the regular one because I'm just going to play the game. And the Maybe game, I'll buy the art book afterwards when it's someone just, throws it away. On it's just like if you're playing League of Legends, you're like, that skin is sweet. But I'm just going to play the regular version of the character because I don't need to spend $10 on the skin. That's kind of what this is, right? Yeah. This is going to... Because these are only reprints. If there was any sort of new card in here, totally then different. I would be totally different. Which, by the way, was why a lot of people were upset about the um, the previous uh, Buy a Box promo. That they are o- fake, original right? They are original cards or unique cards. These are all reprints. So I'm kind of okay with having them do them. And then, yeah. In a way, the really high rollers can subsidize the cost of a lot of these cards for us by just... They're going to be the ones opening the box. And that's going to, like I said, Snapcaster Mage is going to get a little bit cheaper for a while or Eternal Witness or whatever. And that's because of other people opening stuff. I will buy some of these silly mythic. No, box, I've seen you got masterpieces and yeah. whatnot. And yeah. I will I will buy some of these box toppers for my I'll cube probably... and for other things that I like a lot because I like a lot of them. I'm going to buy some of them. It's, it's going to make me sad, but you spend that much money, but that's okay. I enjoy it and I will subsidize someone else's modern deck and I'm okay with that. I used to never care about foils and all this stuff, but then I started playing with Cassius and Jimmy and you, and you guys all have these beautiful decks, and I felt like, ah, oh, so now I have to have some masterpieces. So I probably will pick up a couple, even though I don't care about skins and stuff, usually. I just want to make that clear to everybody out there. Okay, let's move on. So if you're in the United States, it's almost Thanksgiving time, and we wanted to, well, we wanted to thank some of the awesome MTG content creators that we enjoy by giving them a shout out on today's episode as sort of a wrap up here. I want to make a disclaimer. As always, we want to stress that this is all stuff we're actually tuning into and consuming. If we don't mention your content on this episode, please don't get upset. Keep making great stuff and we're sure you'll get our attention at some point and we can shout you out in the future. We're also not going to shout out the usual suspects who we, you know, our friends that we've given a lot of airtime to in the past. You know about the Professor Wedge Loading Ready Run and all that stuff. We don't need to talk about them again. This is going to be some uh, content creators maybe we haven't mentioned in the past. Okay. So there are a number of awesome Commander podcasts out there that have sort of come along in the last year, year and a half and really gained some steam. And there's so much great Commander content now. When we started this show, Jimmy and I, we started it because there wasn't anything. And now, like, if Jimmy and I just met yesterday and started playing, we would not make a commander podcast because there's plenty there's lots there's a lot of good stuff out there yeah so the first one uh i want to call out is the brothers war podcast this is ryan green cj wastel and zach taylor and they do a commander focused show their last episode was coincidentally the, the last episode at the time of this recording it's possible they will have come out with another episode between now and when our episode comes out the last episode we know about is them discussing sheldon menory's cards that you shouldn't play article it's great minds, great minds. And uh, we interact with Ryan a lot on Twitter. Great guy. And they have a really cool show. Uh, next up is a podcast that I enjoy listening to. It's CMDR Central. 
And this is led by Dana Roach, Max Crandall, and Chris Danger. Dengner? Degner? D-E-G-N-E-R. I don't think he talks. I don't think they mention his last name very often on there. I actually had to uh, message them and ask his last name because I was like, I have everybody else's last name. I need Chris's. Dana, Max, and Chris. And their most recent episode as of this recording was looking at Sunforger. They were debating how good is Sunforger. Yeah, because they were- I did were, not know that was a debate. I they thought were, the they were hating yes. on. No, they were hating on Sunforger. They're like, it's not that great. You have to, all this setup cost. You have to equip. You have to put on there. And then, but then some of them are like, I don't know. It actually feels pretty good. So- Tune into them if you want to find out what they think about Sunforger. It tutors and plays a card. It's good. Um, but I do like their show. And and speaking of Dana Roach, Dana is a pretty prolific guy in the EDH community. He writes articles for EDH Rec, and he also is on the EDH Rec cast. So that's the next podcast we're talking about. This is Dana Roach, Joey Schultz, and Matt Morgan. I believe all of them are also writers for EDH Rec in their article uh, section. They are. If you didn't know EDH Rec the best place to sort of find the data you need to deck build also has content articles that are specific to them. Donald Miner uh, runs that site. Our friend Jason Alt is the editor for their articles, always pushing the envelope, doing great stuff. And EDH Retcast is kind of their next foray into content creation. And uh, as you would expect, they talk about EDH Rec, but they talk about it with the stint of like the data on EDH Rec, you know, talking about often about like the most played cards or how many you know, percentage of decks supposedly run X, Y, Z relates a little bit to our, if you liked our gameplay stats, um, our two part series there, they have a segment called challenging the stats where they look at the stats on EDH rec. And they're like, I don't know if that's right. And they look at the data and they say, don't trust the data all the time. Let's evaluate it. So if you like those two uh, episodes from us, then they are doing a similar thing each and every week with their show. And their latest episode was sort of a deck doctoring of two fan submitted decks, and they were using EDH Rec to help um, maybe tune those decks up a little bit. Cool. Uh, and another Commander podcast is Commander Cookout. This is by Ryan and Brando, and they pride themselves on being Canadian. Yes, they very. They're from <laughs> Saskatchewan, right? I think Sa- so. Saskatoon. Saskatoon. Oh, I don't even know. Somewhere they have one of the great those, frosty north. They got that frosty northern accent too. I love. I those. love it. I love it. If, um, if, if you remember our uh, 200th episode, there was a little bit where these two guys were walking through like the snow in a park, and one of them threw like a mox jet or something over his shoulder. They did a good. That one. was that was Ryan and Brando. They did a great one. Yeah. Uh, but also, they're making commander decks, and they're trying to make them as spicy as possible, and trying to not have a normal deck. So they're gonna throw some some spicy builds at you. Their most recent deck is an Empress Galena deck tech. Definitely yeah. getting spicy there. I don't wanna play against that deck. Uh, <laughs> I do wanna say that the Commander Cookout podcast, we're a family friendly show, but for you parents out there, they do use a little bit of explicit language or, or a lot sometimes. Um, so that's just a warning there. We'll try and mention that when we know it's applicable, but parents, uh, check for yourselves as always. Okay, uh, there's a couple of non-commander podcasts that I, that we also really enjoy. Something I think if you follow me on Twitter, I, I've talked about them a few times, is the Lords of Limited podcast. This is by Ethan Sachs and Ben Werney, and they are Moto, or that's another name for Magic Online, not Arena, MTGO. They're like grinders on Moto. These guys, like Ethan will, like if I asked him today, he would probably be like, how many, or if I said, how many drafts of Guilds of Ravnica have you done? The number would be like 120 or 130. These guys draft like an insane amount and then they break it down and talk about it on their podcast. And they are really, really into the draft formats. And 
they run a really tight ship. They they they're kind of like what we are as far as like you can tell they outline and they talk about everything beforehand and they plan out and they structure their episodes and I really like how they run their show. It's basically a companion to limited resources. If you like limited limited resources and Marshall and LSV, you should be listening to Ethan and Ben. Their last episode was breaking down the day two feature draft pod at Pro Tour Guilds of Ravnica, and they actually follow each drafter individually and the picks they made and whether they agree with it or don't. They're getting in-depth. Yeah, they're great. Um, uh, Yeah. Hey, I beat Jerry Thompson at the Chalice event. (laughs) I I went 3-0 in the Guilds of Ravnica draft. A lot of it's because of Ethan and Ben, because I'd only drafted the format twice, but I listened to him on the entire plane ride to try and catch up, so... That's how I took down a Pro Tour champion. Also, it was cool to be able to brag about that. All right. All right. Uh, next, we have the Lurgoyfs. Uh, and we have the Lorgoyfs. Lorgoyfs. It's a play on the Lurgoyf-like <laughs> yeah. creature. The Lorgoyfs. Uh, Justin Bob, A.E. Marling, and Michelle Rapp. Those are some familiar names right there. Pretty, yeah. pretty important people in the magic community. Michelle's a friend of mine, and they do a pretty funny show. The last episode was a Golgari storyline sort of recap, and they also talked about how to become a lich, and then they talked about the ultimate uh, masters. <laughs> they did a little bit of talk, talk on that. Uh, but the A.E. Marling actually writes uh, card names and flavor text. I know, and Andy's I've played, in, I played against A.E. Marling several times. At, I've been uh, comboed GPs. out by him, uh, his zombie decks. Um, and he's also a, a writer, so he has like novels and stuff that you could buy. So these are people that are very into the lore. So if you're interested in the lore of magic, you can look up the Lorgoyfs, L-O-R-E Goyfs on uh, Stitcher. ITunes, I like how you, kind of you glaze over Goyfs like that's a normal thing. Oh, and then Goyfs. You guys are listening <laughs> to a magic podcast. You know what Goyfs, how Goyfs is spelled. I just don't want them to think it's Lur. I know. Okay. Uh, so those are the podcasts. And then there's a bunch of YouTube com- con- YouTube content. Um, I was getting tripped up because the first one is a guy that we all know. It's Jumbo Commander. We talk about him every single episode. He's right here. That's DJ. If you did, if you weren't aware, DJ has his own YouTube channel. It's called Jumbo Commander, and he does a bunch of videos, deck techs. You do some Arena Singleton. You'll do some sort of uh, rotations about to happen. Here's the cards you should pick up while when they're going to be cheap. Videos like that. Your most recent deck tech at this moment is the Trostani Celestia Voice deck tech. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for the shout out. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> we couldn't we couldn't really not shout you out oh no, this next you. one is one that we always mean to shout out and we just for some reason have it on the show but a lot of you will know this is a this is a bigger one on the list like well it's dev from sbmtg uh strictly, strictly better, better mtg yeah but if you look up sbmtg in your search bar on uh youtube dev stuff will pop up and he's about to or either Maybe at the time of this, we'll already have hit 100,000 subscribers. He's, he's past 100,000, yeah. So a lot of you already know who Dev is, but I feel bad because we've just never mentioned him. And that's because... And he's a great guy. Yeah, he's great. His videos are great. He does a lot of standard stuff. It's not too much commander uh, talk, which is probably why we haven't mentioned him a lot, but shows all the cards. He's he, he's a funny guy, like subtly funny. I, I just like how like I'm just chilling with him on his couch. Yes. And like occasionally like he's chilling he's got his cat there too you know it just feels like i can connect with him as he's like telling me about his deck i just i just really like the guy and he builds a lot of decks yeah like it's his output is insane uh the next one is the commander's quarters this is kind of a new one so it's not been on the scene for very long but exploded yeah this is uh mitch is the guy that runs commander's quarters and 
he does a lot of like budget decks. I mean like $25 commander decks. And the stuff is really slick, really well produced. The production value is really good. Uh, the latest video was a budget Scarab God deck. So if you haven't checked out Commander's Quarters, I would encourage you to go on over and find that on YouTube. Yeah. And uh, the next uh, YouTube content creator, Pleasant Kenobi, Vincent. So uh, you might know him because he's right now playing on Commander Clash with MTG Goldfish. I don't think we need to mention Saffron Oliver and MTG Goldfish in this We've shout mentioned out. them before. <laughs> they don't know. I don't know if they need to have... You've heard of them. <laughs> but Pleasant Kenobi is, uh, or Vincent is is playing Commander on there. But if you go to his own channel, he's got awesome content, uh, kind of all over the place, but I love when he plays Legacy. And I think he loves when he plays Legacy as well. Yeah, he does some sort of streams. Some of his streams get put on his YouTube channel. So the most recent video was a uh, corset stream. Uh, I liked a video he had recently. It was on a, it was about Ultimate Masters and it was, what could I buy? Basically, instead um, of Ultimate Masters, he was like, I could buy a thousand chicken nuggets or 210 <laughs> buckets of chicken at KFC. Or like he listed off all this stuff. Chicken. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, uh, he could also be explicit sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But definitely funny Warning. guy. Uh, the next one is a show called The Hive Mind. And it, the, the YouTube channel is called They Said, We Said. It's run by John Dunning. And John interviews people in the magic world has interviewed let me let me just list him here prof wedge dj me someday john i'm sorry I, we keep trying to make it happen and i've just been a little bit busy uh the most recent of these interviews is michelle rap who is in the lore we just mentioned her yeah and michelle's great and uh john's channel they said we said has a lot of stuff he'll talk about movies and some other things but the show that's mostly about MTG where he interviews people is called the hive mind. So if you look up the hive mind MTG on YouTube, you'll find it or just type in the hive mind MTG jumbo <laughs> and you'll find DJ's interview. Yeah. Yeah. But John talks to a lot of prominent people in the community and they have some very interesting conversations. Uh, the next one is somebody that we interact with on Twitter a lot. It's kitchen table commander. And that again is on YouTube. You just type in kitchen table commander and Brett runs this channel does a bunch of deck techs and stuff. Brett is, I'd say, I hope he doesn't get mad. It's a, it's a little bit newer in that there's not a ton of videos yet. Like there's not a backlog of a thousand videos or anything. But I like the trajectory that this channel's on. The, he just did it in a Zony deck tech and, it, and it's very well done. I think Brett's doing a good job. So we're checking out. Well, like Commander's Quarters, like we mentioned, yes. they're two months old, right? They're super They have new. a crazy backlog of videos. I don't yeah. know what you're doing out there, but but they're but they're pretty young too. But when, when people are putting out good content, people find out about it and then they start getting those subscribers. I think a lot of people, they'll go and they'll click on the videos. If there's not a lot, they like don't want to subscribe, but it depends on how long somebody's been there and just the quality of it. Even if they're, you know, Sam from Ristic Studies doesn't put out a ton of videos, maybe one every only couple of months, but they're awesome. So you want to know every time one's out so you hit the subscribe button yeah uh okay and the last one is a friend of mine named patrick scar scarborough scarborough i messed it up sorry patrick uh used to work at riot that's how i know we used to play magic with him all the time and now he's a full-time streamer you might know him as scarizard on twitter he interacts with a lot of people in the magic community and just in the gaming community and he has on his youtube channel a show called friendetta and this is where they play uh, EDH. They play Commander. And they do it in sort of an interesting way. Everyone is remote playing over Skype, but they're all shooting their own board state. And so you do get to see everybody's board state. 
and they and you can hear them they're all mic'd up and everything i don't know how they the logistics of it must be a little bit of a pain in the butt from my thinking i'm like man that seems like a lot of work but they've come out like what happens if one person screws up like it's but but you know it's funny they're funny people patrick's a really animated funny guy i mean he's a streamer so he's used to being entertaining and they play edh and their latest episode was pretty awesome it was a Thantis showdown. All four decks were some version of a Thantis deck, which is that just <laughs> you were trashing Thantis, and they're coming out strong with four commander decks. I wouldn't put it past Patrick to, uh, wow, that was pretty sweet. That's a good one. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past <laughs> Patrick to have done that just because I said that. Um, his YouTube channel, by the way, is called Scarizard. So S C A R I Z A R D. Uh, that one they can use some explicit language as well. So fair warning, all you parents out there. Okay. Again, we're not going to list the big channels. Man, I did the thing. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to list. Yeah, we're not going to list. <laughs> we're not going to list the huge channels and stuff we put a spotlight on in the past. But we, they are all our friends, and we do love them. And we love all of you. And happy Thanksgiving. Happy if you're, Thanksgiving if you're in the U.S. If you're not, happy Thursday. <laughs> Hope you have a great Thursday. All right, to the listeners, what's a smaller? Or maybe more lesser-known uh, MTG channel, or one you don't think gets enough exposure out there that you really enjoy. It would yeah. be sweet if, in the comment section, we just had a list of things. Because I'm always looking for new content, not just because I do this as a living and I want to know what's out there, but also because I like magic and I like good magic content. Yeah, go down there and then and then click those thumbs up. You're like, oh, that's a good one. Thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, and then hopefully. We just get a list of amazing content creators in the comments. I think that'd be amazing. Yeah. Hey, you out there that's in the middle of typing something complaining about the last game nights. Instead, <laughs> how about you just tell me a content creator that you enjoy? Okay. If you want to pick up Ultimate Masters, if you're one of the high rollers and you want to get one of these Ultimate Box Topper packs, or if you just want to get the singles. Those are not for resale, Josh. Oh, yeah. Card Kingdom won't sell these. But Sorry. they'll sell what's inside. I meant, I meant if you want one of these when you get the booster box, not, not this by itself, because yeah. it's not for resale. Yeah. Or if you just want to pick up Snapcaster Mage, Tarmogoyf. Don't get Tarmogoyf. It's not good in EDH. Um, Liliana <laughs> the Veil, stuff like Mana Vault that's going to be a little bit low in price for a little while here. Go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. Use that affiliate link. If you're going to buy gifts for friends and family, that's a really good way to do it because you just get the added value of helping us keep the lights on here at the Command Zone channel, like game nights, extra turns, all that. They're amazing at shipping. This comes out December 7th. Let, let the prices go down for a week. Buy the stuff for Christmas. Yeah, you know, you get around Christmas, and I don't know about you, but when I'm buying gifts anywhere, there's a point at which you start to get worried whether <laughs> that's going to arrive in time. Yeah. Card Kingdom's shipping center is second to none. They will get the stuff there when they say they will get it there. You can trust them. And uh, that's good peace of mind this time of year for sure. And while you're there, you know, if you're going to get some of these expensive cards from Ultimate Masters, you're going to want to protect those cards. And there's no better card sleeve on the market than the Eclipse sleeves. Also, they have this sweet guild theme stuff for, well, Ravnica Allegiance is coming up. And if Azorius or Rakdos, if that's your jam and you haven't got to enjoy it, you can already get the sleeves and the deck Simic. box and everything. Simic. Simic is, yeah. As we know, the winningest color pair, according to our stats. Wasn't that Golgari? Uh, Golgari when it was in a deck, but so, oh, specific Simic when it was just when it Simic. Was just Simic yes. I just like Simic. Yeah, Simic's great. Uh, so check out Ultra Pro products. They, uh, again, support the show and really thank them. Okay, it's time for the instep where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. I have something very cool. So Josh Murphy our current editor. You hear us call him out at the end of every show. Before that, Craig Blanchett was the editor. We called him out at every show that he edited. Before that, it was Terry Robertson. Before that, 
And we're talking, this guy edited episode 11 through like episode 80 of our show. Wow. He's like one of the- That's a run. Yeah. And he's one of the founding, you know, I episode the first, I, I edited the first 10 episodes and then Eli Cuevas was the guy we mentioned at the end for 70 episodes. We'd say this, you know, thanks everybody. Show is edited by Eli Cuevas. Eli has a TV show. This is the reason he left us actually, because he was starting to make his own content. And he just didn't have time for us. And we were like, you know, that's great. He actually introduced us to Terry. Terry, uh, I believe, went, grew up in the same town as him. Eli has a show that's coming out on the History Channel. It's called Brothers in Arms. Wow, on the History Channel. Yeah. Now, Eli's not, he's in the show. Because Eli, as it turns out, besides being an editor, before that, was in the military. And he's, like, got a Purple Heart. He's done multiple tours of duty. And his good friend, Rocco Vargas, who's another, I think, Special Forces person, in the military, they had an idea for a show, and it's the idea is sweet. Um, what they do is they go around and they find like old weapons, like muskets, or maybe like a cannon from the Civil War, or like an old World War One tank, and they try and get it working and and like use it. So they like try and fire the musket, or they try and shoot the cannonball, or they actually refurbish the tank and try and drive around and shoot. You know, that's fire awesome. The thing. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Um, so probably if you're on YouTube right now, you're probably either watching or looking at some of the promo materials for it. It looks really, really fun. Eli's a hilarious guy. And it okay, so the show, I just want to tell everybody about the show so they can check it out. It's, again, called Brothers in Arms. It's on the History Channel, and it premieres the day this episode comes out, which is Tuesday, November 20th. So look for it on the History Channel. And the History Channel and a lot of cable channels will replay shows quite often, especially when they premiere. So you should be able to find it. And I'd like to support Eli, but also... I also just personally want to watch the show because it looks <laughs> hilarious. So definitely check it out. Brothers in Arms. And another thing you need to check out. We already called you out this episode, actually. Jumbo Commander. At, you can call on my Twitter. There you at go. Jumbo Commander. Wish me happy Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. You should be following DJ on Twitter. You've been... I You pop up a lot on my Twitter now because we're always multi-tagged on yeah. stuff. Yeah. And, and he's very active. And if you've got questions... DJ is definitely going to answer them. I'm a lot more. No, <laughs> Thanks, actually, Josh. Thanks. You're going to answer. <laughs> no. Yeah. Listen, if you have a question or a comment, just direct them at DJ over there. Yeah, it's fine. No, no. I totally answer too. I I love Twitter. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, and something else to check out. Boy, a lot of shout outs this episode. But I am thankful for our sister podcast, which is the Masters of Modern. Alex Kessler, Ben Bateman, they talk about the modern format. In all things competitive magic. In fact, if you want to hear more Ultimate Masters discussion, I'm sure they're going to be discussing it at length. Oh, yeah. At length. Because, yeah, it really does affect their format a lot. And those guys know modern inside and out. You can find them on Twitter at the MMCast. On YouTube, if you just type in the Masters of Modern, they'll pop up. Or you can find them right next to us at Collected.Company. Our editor is Josh Murphy. Murph. Thanks, Murph. And special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer for the Living Card animations. Look at that. We're back in Ravnica. We're back in Ravnica at Living Cards MTG. All right, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. See y'all later. Or happy Thursday. We'll see you next time. Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> 
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.